Sideboob Cinema is a retrospective movie show for adults only. Educational, satirical, transgressive. It's just entertainment and we're not out to offend, but at the end of the day, Frank Zappa said it best. You either get it or you don't. Roll the tape. Homies, sisters, mizzles, cutties, roll dogs, dube heads, vanillas, homegirls, bros, and other gang members. Woo-wee! This is Sideboob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. My name is Ricky Allpike, and I'm here to declare, as the white saviour I clearly am, that Sideboob Cinema will save cinema. I want you all, dear listeners, to go to your windows, to go to your windows and yell out, scream with all the life you can muster up inside your bruised, assaulted, and battered bodies. I'm sick and tired of Marvel movies, and I'm not going to take it anymore! Joining me in this great and noble struggle are my fellow white saviours, AJ and Jonathan Astro. AJ, do you have any black in you? <laughs> I've had some black in me. Ooh. Um, but that's another. <laughs> and John, are you ready to dust off those tap shoes? Well, just you just you just you just shut up now, okay? You shut <laughs> you shut your mouth. All right. Okay, you've said enough. Uh, I'm well, thank you. Uh, it's Black History Month, as you can tell. <laughs> AJ, were you ready for such a bombastic beginning to Black History Month? Uh, I was not. No. I am upset that you didn't hear my pleas to make this just a Tyler Perry marathon <laughs> of, of Medea. 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 I have sorry, never cool. seen one Medea movie. Yeah, terrible. But yeah. Now, John, I, I said to you a number of weeks ago that uh, I thought Cyberb Cinema would save cinema. Yes, you did. And <laughs> as soon as you said that to me, I realised that that was the new tagline. I was like, Cyberb Cinema will save cinema, you know? Uh, so is that instead of we said what we said? Or I think that we still need that disclaimer. Yeah, yeah, we need that because, I mean, <laughs> that's just to stop the cancellation. But I feel that, yeah, Cyberb Cinema... Will save cinema, and um, and we're saving it tonight <laughs> by watching Bamboozled from the year two thousand, the millennium. All right, well, not the real millennium, but you know, you know, when people do that, when they go, oh, it's not the real millennium, and you go, oh, shut up. Oh, you shut you up. hate those people, shut right? Up. And they go, it's two thousand one, actually. <laughs> so anyway, directed by Spike Lee, written by Spike Lee, uh, budget ten million, box office two point five million. So, so not not popular. Uh, now I'm going to say that neither of you had seen this movie before. True, that is true. I had no idea what I was in for. Well, this is one of those ones that I've I've slipped to you like a Mickey in a, in a, in in a bar in the fifties <laughs> to have sex with you uh, because <laughs> I have seen this movie. I was there on the ground floor. Uh, oh. And this was this was big, like you know, uh, in our little cinema circle we had, and it, it was um, uh, audacious and interesting and weird, and it was also a time uh, the the burgeoning of digital cinema. So, and this was shot on Sony VX one thousands. Uh, that's why it looks shitty. 
That's why it looks the way it does. So, but it was a it was a different time. You know what I mean? Like, well, we've covered a bit of that. We did some Dogma '95, and and that's mm. they've they've shot the idiots were shot on, you know, cannons or something like that. So, yes, I have seen this movie before, um, but I think we're getting the picture that this is a a uh, lost film or or an undiscovered gem of of Spike Lee's because I don't think I'd talk to many people who'd seen this movie. Did it have much going on for it? Like, well, like was there much buzz around it when it came out? Uh, not really. I mean, the internet was still in its in its early days as well, mm. so it wasn't it it, it wasn't uh, getting huge rap. But if you were into cinema, it was a new Spike Lee movie, and that was always something interesting. And so, and and I think we actually initially had to order it from overseas on DVD because DVD had kind of just come out and mm. we had to get it So you it didn't see overseas. it at the cinema? Actually, no. It wouldn't. It wasn't... I'm going to say it wasn't... Um wasn't available in that way. I don't think. It, I don't think it had a cinematic release yet. I, I could be wrong, and um, but I feel like I would remember it. I would remember the experience of seeing it on the big screen. But uh, no. But yeah. So that's my background with it. But uh, I'm so glad that you you two have seen it now. Yeah, I'm glad. I think if this film came out, if it had sort of a social media and that sort of thing behind it, it, it might have done better because some of the scene, scenes you could cut up and share on social media are so outrageous that mm. people would then just like be interested to go and see I, it. I think some of the scenes have found a bit of a life on TikTok and whatnot. Not, like I just noticed that there, there were some that were even on YouTube that had been cut down into vertical format and stuff and I'm like, oh, I wonder if these, scene, these scenes and mm. it would be like these Zoomers like sharing little scenes saying, oh, check this out, you know. Um, but I think this movie is astounding, really, mm. truly astounding. Uh, and uh, again, Catch Cry almost every week. I don't think you could make it today. Uh, I feel like, or it would be. I mean, the main point is that the the it's it's a, a certain kind of of hard edged satire that the, the woke don't really do satire like this. That do they? I mean. They they do message movies and they do they they like all of that, but I just don't think because because there's no way moralizing doesn't really work in satire. Not in the same way. You might be being moral under underneath, but you sort of are playing with things that um, a, a form that that messes it all up. You know, you can't keep can't keep your message straight. Mm. You know, so when you're sitting there going like, not that I've ever seen it, but I've imagined that show Dear White People to be you know. I don't, the I don't think it's it. like this. A message show, you know, where they're like, get this. Well, because you know? he, he yeah. sort of lampoons everybody. He, he, he shoots his satire out in all directions, whereas the left, they're, they're so, um, they just can't take a joke and they can't make fun of themselves either, you know. Mm. But I feel like this is a hard satire for everyone. Like, not, <laughs> not so when they're so literal, they're, they're definitely missing the boat. Most people are missing this boat. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, at the time, I don't even, you know, to be honest, I don't even, I said I was there on the ground floor. I don't know if I understood any of it. I still don't even know if I understand it really. But but, but I think I understand a lot more now than I did before. And the the back end of the film's a bummer as well. And I, yeah. I, I think I just loved the first half so much back then. And now I, I, I think I love all of it. And, um, uh, you know, with all the pathos and the sadness and the, and the, and the bad stuff. I think that's all the good stuff, really. You Definitely. Know, you know? I want a show that will make headlines. 
The Huxtables, Cosby, a genius, revolutionary. But we can't go down that road again. The network does not want to see Negroes on television unless they are buffoons. Have you ever thought about just quitting? I have a contract. The only way I get out of that is if I get fired. And that is what I intend to do. I know you are familiar with menstrual shows. Variety show shows. Like in Living Color. Right, right, right. That was dope. Man, tan. The new millennium menstrual show. We're gonna need a little more money for this. This could be bigger than Friends, Ally McBeal, even my boys Amos and Andy. Yeah. You're putting white actors in black face. We're using black actors with blacker faces. This fall. Right on, man. Yeah, great show. You won't believe what's coming to your television. Sleepin' Eat and Mantan are lazy and unemployed. Do your stuff. But we are certainly not saying anything about the entire African-American community. What's sweeping the nation? And what's coloring? The way you see the world. Yo, we can't let this injustice go by, man. Not this time, man. You know what I'm saying? Nah, man. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? about revolution. Go to your windows and yell out, I am not going to take it anymore. I don't want anything to do with anything black for at least a week. All right, stay with me. Pierre Delacroix, played by Damon Wayans, is an Ivy League-educated television executive who has hit a creative snag at his work. And his boss, uh, Mr. Dunwitty, played by Michael Rappaport, he keeps rejecting uh, Pierre's various pitches for projects aimed at the black middle class. Cosby clones, he calls them. Mr. Dunwitty declares that he himself is blacker and more street than Pierre and tasks him with coming up with something entertaining that will draw millions of viewers. I think he's suggesting that he taps into his his black side. Uh, and so Pierre is slighted, obviously, but he refuses to quit and instead resolves to get fired by creating the most offensive show he can. So with the help of his PA, Sloane, played by Jada Pinkett-Smith, Pierre creates Mantan, the new millennium minstrel show, a variety show featuring music, tap dancing, jokes, and black performers wearing black face. The centerpiece of the show uh, uh, is uh, two former uh, young derelicts called Man Ray and Womack uh, who become the lead characters Mantan and Sleepinate. The show is completely racist and offensive, but to Pierre's surprise, it's a total smash hit. Mr. Dunwitty is over the moon at the numbers and Pierre starts to become lured by old-fashioned success, accepting major awards and acclaim. Womack, one half of the on-air talent, and Pierre's PA Sloan are horrified and see the show for what it is, which is damaging, exploitative, and sad. Sloan's brother is part of an underground hip-hop group called the Mau Mau's, where he goes by the name of Big Black Africa. This is most deaf, 
uh, and and the Mao Maos, his group, are also enraged by the minstrel show, uh, and uh, they uh, vow to partake in some political violence if that's what it takes to shut shut the whole thing down to to send a message. So Womack quits the show and his friendship with Man Ray. Also, uh, Man Ray is also getting quite close with Sloane. And Sloane delivers a videotape to Pierre, hoping that uh, what's on the tape will get him to see the error of his ways, um, but he refuses to watch it. They have an argument and Pierre fires her on the spot. Pierre plants seeds of doubts in Man Ray's mind as to how Sloane got her job with him initially, uh, which basically causes their breakup. Sloane does manage to get Man Ray to ask himself some big questions, though, about who's pulling the strings and why he's, he's actually being part of this, this degrading minstrel show. Uh, so Man Ray stages a rebellion at the next night's filming, refusing to put on on blackface and trying to uh, dance just as himself. Dunwoody is enraged uh, and has him fired and removed from the building. Man Ray is then kidnapped by the Mao Maos and held hostage, with the group announcing that uh, they're going to assassinate him live uh, on the internet. America tunes in and watches as poor Man Ray is gunned down while tap dancing one last time. The Mao Maos don't get long to celebrate as they are all gunned down outside their warehouse by cops, all except for their only white member of the group, 116th Black is his name. <laughs> Pierre is holed up in his office, now in blackface himself. He's obviously racked with guilt about the lives he's ruined and the damage he's wrought. Sloane confronts him at gunpoint and forces him to put on the tape that she gave him earlier. He complies, but then tries to get the gun off Sloane. It goes off and Pierre is shot in the stomach and... Uh, Sloane escapes and we're left with Pierre bleeding out as he watches the tape. A montage of degrading blackface clips from Hollywood's past, culminating with uh, Mantan at the very end. Bamboozled. Well, that that, that ending is quite powerful where... Definitely. When the credits are rolling, uh, Spike Lee, he's quite, uh, I think, lovingly filmed these old memorabilia sort of toys and novelty things that, that are sort of blackfacey like piggy banks and, and the kind of characters that dance and stuff like that, uh, which all came there from was a lot. Some, some museum. <laughs> it was a lot. There wasn't, yeah, there wasn't just a couple. Oh, there were so many. Like they, did their, they did their research. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and the images, it was extremely powerful. Yes, yeah, the ending really gets you for sure. Because mm. uh, it's so long. It's mm. it's minutes long. Yeah, it's and, mm. and it's clips from Hollywood movies all the way, and and it's not. Oh, there's a lot you don't recognize, but then there's stars you do recognize, and that's they're obviously mm. the most shocking. Uh, you know when you. But the funny part um, was in interviews from the time was he was upset that um, the critics didn't even talk about the last bit. They didn't mention. Well, they're just like anyway. Like they're, they're talking about <laughs> the other stuff, and you're like, bless well, the yeah. point of the movie is that <laughs> <Yeah>. final montage. <laughs> Well, maybe it's because those critics are kind of complicit in their viewership of some of this stuff that he's calling out. I don't know. Mm. Like some of the more more modern shows that Spike Lee is critical of, uh, let alone the the sort of slightly older ones like Good Times and stuff like that, Mm. you know. Now, I know I mentioned earlier on this show that I don't care much for tap dancing. I I think I said (laughs) that it would be better if they took those metal plates off the shoes and just danced without them. I think I think this this film got me warmed up to it. I think maybe I just ne- I've just never seen it done with you know some some black swagger before. So you, you, know. you took a minstrel show to get you into tap. 
<laughs> I, I, can't, I like the hip-hop beats and the tempo changes. That, that were pretty cool. Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, oh, goodness, what's his name? Is it Savion? Savion Glover? Mm, he, he's yeah. fantastic yeah, he as, as yeah. uh, Man Ray. And, you know, just totally... Well, he's the heart of the movie in a way, like a, a, a young innocent who's, who's sort of perverted by the uh, you know the media and hollywood establishment and then and and horribly sacrificed um you know in in a very um symbolic way by the mau maus yeah which is probably which really got me this time i was like oh like that was a statement in itself but he's also uh he's also a guy that's struggling very much financially you know he's tap dancing on the street trying to hustle you know, just working for change pretty much. So he's he's in a vulnerable position where, and you know, it's dangerous to be in these positions because you'll, you know, you'll take any opportunity that comes your way and you're not, not really thinking about whether it's necessarily good or not, you know. Definitely. He's living in a crack den <laughs> and um, <laughs> yes. he's never had a pair of new shoes before. Like, things are fucking grim. But also he's <laughs> managed to, to keep the crack at bay though, you know, he's living a clean yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But th- that's where they. You live, never yeah. want to be in one of those dens with that with that Spike Lee sort of Stevie Wonder music playing. You know? 100%. It's never good. <laughs> but uh, that might make it worse, Ricky, that he's not addicted to crack and still living there, because that's more grim. You're taking yeah. the, the crack as an escape. He doesn't even get so. all the fun stuff. <laughs> that's right. He's just got all the the, de- the, just the filth. The depresso. Yeah. 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 The stench. But there's a, there's some magnificent people in this, uh, and some who I, I didn't appreciate at the time because it, it, it predated a Chappelle show for me. And yeah. so Paul Mooney as mm. Junebug is just is uh, you know what like it's one of those things you know when you 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 fall in love with someone and it's like and they and they die or they're gone and mm. you just go you just heart hurts that you weren't there for the whole thing. Paul Mooney's one of those guys. Like I just, I lo- I think he's so wonderful and, and he's, he's such a necessary comedian. He's, he's, he's sort of, um, I don't, I don't know, like cathartic, sometimes nihilistic, um, uh, race rants that he goes on, uh, or fa- yeah. fatalistic, you know what I mean? And, and but really funny. He's just so he's just amazing, and what a great performance as as the dad in mm. this. He's so he plays Pierre's dad, and I can't believe he didn't do more of that. Like like just straight up acting, you know. Mm. The only problem I have with that is he he only looks about ten years older than Damon Wayans. Oh, <laughs> so I'm like, did, did he have him when he was like eleven? <laughs> yeah, like that's the okay. first thing I thought. I'm like, what? I'm supposed to believe that's no, his dad? No, but I think that there's like he was old when he died. Yeah. So I think there's probably thirty years. I think there's friends. a there's a famous saying I'm not going to say. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Okay, there is a I've I've heard a saying out there that pertains to what you're talking about, Ricky. And I'm just going to leave it up to you to figure out what I'm talking about. AJ's got it. 
have to confess, I love me some Jerry Springer. I love Jerry Springer. Love it. It's the all-American show. Where else can you see three white women fight over with one tooth? And no job. And speaks fluid Ebonics. Reggie, how come you got three women? They like dick, Jerry. Yeah, they like dick. Yeah, your mama like dick. And have you noticed that everybody white want to be black? White folks want to be black folks. I went to school with white people. Their lips weren't that big. They get stuff in their lips. They take it out their behind. They just do anything to get big lips. A black people have been killed on the highway. They come by, I'll take them. <laughs> the lips so big, the little kids look it up. Everybody want to be black, but nobody want to be black. It confuses me. They all act black, sound black. I hope they start hanging again. I'm going to find out who's black. So, yeah, but there's some other people in this. Most Def, uh, as Big Black Africa, mm. he's incredibly talented and um, does some great music. The Roots, just the Roots. Mm. There, there's the Roots. Uh, I, I love Honeycut, the guy who plays Honeycut. Thomas Jefferson, yeah. Jefferson Bird, he, may he rest in peace, is... He was, you know, for 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 me, me and my little gang, just everything he says is hilarious. So I mean, you know, he's a Spike Lee sort of stalwart, but just in this movie, he gets up on. It's the first time you see him. He's he's like, you know, I'm, I'm an actor or whatever, and I I did Hamlet, and they go, you know. Can you do some do some some Hamlet? And then he goes. He said he goes to be or not to be. I mean that's a motherfucking question. <laughs> no, but even before that, they ask him. You know, what, have you been in anything I might have seen? And it's like, oh, well, I kind of just you know do my acting at work. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> so what's he doing? Like just around the water cooler, like entertaining people. Can you give me a little um, performance? Some sort of. A- uh, well, you know, I do all sorts of kind of things, man. Whatever you need me to do, you know, like you, I even do Shakespeare shit, you know. Well, like, do some Shakespeare. <laughs> to be or not to be, you know. That's a motherfucking question. <laughs> you know, that is the motherfucking question, you know. I was working on this piece because I was sitting there going, I realized that when I was looking at it, that uh, this is a beautiful thing, you know. And. Write that down. You know. So it came to me, it just came to me, you know. Waste away your life and linger. Sitting at home watching Jerry Springer. Do black face and a monkey shine. Cut a jig at the same time. Cause this is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing. Hit me. This is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing. Then the artists be getting in with that. I'm, I'm you know. digging that. I'm, I, I am so digging that. And of course, we might as well get into the, his oh. his his most amazing part of this in this movie. Here we go. But first, a word from our proud sponsors. Ball baby, ball baby. Pure pleasure, more lip. It's the bomb, baby. It's the bomb, baby. It makes you get the your bomb, freak The bomb, baby, bomb, baby. It makes you get your freak on. The bomb. Clinical testing has found that Viagra doesn't work on black jocks. 
That's why <laughs> our scientist has developed the bomb for you. It makes you feel like a man, yo. And it makes them bitches feel like natural women. I mean, ho. It makes my <laughs> nature rise. I want to get fucked up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the bomb makes me want to get my freak on. The bomb, baby, bomb, baby. The bomb, baby, bomb, baby. It is an hour. What a glorious. It's a fake advertisement for anyone listening. And it for malt liquor called the bomb. And it's shaped like a bomb with, with like a. It's got those tails that bombs have down the bottom <laughs> and everything, but the, but it's just it's it's glorious. So it's so funny because a lot of the aesthetics in the bomb commercial are now totally mainstream. So definitely, I remember twenty years ago, twenty two years ago, watching that that clip and going. Whenever you used to see buns like that, like with the G-string, it looked like a Two Live Crew album cover, and you were like, "Oh wow, that's totally beyond the pale." Like you were like, "That's a hundred percent beyond the pale," and now. And his face is right next to the buns and stuff. Whereas now it's now, the Grammys. That, well, it's the Grammys. <laughs> it's the great. If you're not doing it, um, you're, it's not music, you know. Yeah. So yeah. fascinating <laughs> that that it was even being made fun of then. But now it's like what? What? Mm. The war is won. The war is the, the bomb won. Yes. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I I also love Thomas Dunwitty who's uh, sort of the CEO of... Of course you do, because he's the only white man. Michael <laughs> Rappaport. <laughs> he he he's so is good amazing. So good. Uh, again, so this movie's got a, th- a million quotes that you could do. Like, like he, go, mm. he goes, he goes, one of my favorites is when, when he's trying to convince Pierre that he's more black than him, he goes, yes. he goes, he goes, I'm about it, about it. Uh, and he says yo peep this peep this like he's just he's just saying he fully bonics you know yeah you got your head stuck so far up your ass with your harvard education your bullshit pretentious buffy ways brother man i'm blacker than you i'm keeping it real i'm bad about it i got the role you're just fronting trying to be white I'm an Aria, yeah. a sellout, yeah. because I don't aspire to do some homeboys from outer space, the secret diary of Desmond Viper, or as you may put it, some show. That's Is a- that what you think? Yes, that's exactly what I think. You and I know that black people set the trend, set the styles. This is a golden opportunity for CNS, but these idiots have to be led to the water. We could do this together. I want a show that will make headlines. I want millions and millions of viewers tuned and glued to their fucking televisions every week saying, did you see what the fuck they were doing on CNS last night? I want advertisers sucking my dick to buy on this show. You understand? And I'm going to squeeze it out of you if it kills you. Well, but the the thing I also kind of like about him, like he's very offensive to Pierre, especially in that sort of first meeting they have one-on-one. CP time. Yes, all yeah. of that, like colored person time, and he's using the he's dropping the n word all the time. But but he but he backs him though, and he believes in him, which makes you kind of like him sometimes, you know. Well, I've always liked Michael Rappaport. He's he's a he's a he's a, he's got something. An but but the quality. character though is what I'm talking sure, about. Like sure, you, like you, because if he was just you know dropping the n word and just and, breaking his balls, yeah, and busting yeah. his balls all the time, you'd go, oh, I fucking hate that guy. But he he like backs him all the time. He goes, yeah, you can do it, and this is amazing, and blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, but, so. but 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 wouldn't I mean Spike might say I don't or at least people who or the other side might they might say he's he's exploiting Pierre. 
yeah. and he won't let him do it. And he's someone who who's rejected all of his his the good sen- ideas, these the sensible yeah. pitches. The sensible, yeah. He wants him to do a a coon show, which I believe <laughs> is, you know, what he ends up doing, and and. and yeah, so I mean that's the other side of it. Mm. So can I be, can I be black by marriage if I marry a black woman? Uh, <laughs> well, is Bill Burr? <laughs> yeah, what's the rule there? Because mm. um, Dunwiddie uh, seems to think so. Yeah, well, but it's so funny to see this whole the the race relations in America um, ever evolving as as uh, by by the minute it seems but it's so interesting to see this was two decades ago and um, I don't know I feel like everything he says in that scene has, has more resonance with him just saying it like like he like now you're not only I don't know. Like it, like he he goes he goes now. Don't 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 make a big deal. Just gotta say the n word, the so the so called n word or whatever. And he goes, I got I got a black wife and two biracial kids, so I feel I'm entitled. <laughs> yeah. And then he just <laughs> and he just keeps rolls on, you know. And um, I I just think it's so it's so biting and interesting. Um, whereas now, it, it I mean that that word well, we've got to talk about that word because it's become a I don't know. It's not just taboo. It is a magical spell now. Like it is now officially, it's that it's that spell in Harry Potter that kills everyone. <laughs> can you say it though? Like, like I know, I know we're not no. going to say it on the show, but no, you can, can't. Like in a movie, like Tarantino, he makes a movie tomorrow. Uh, like, no, can he have characters? Oh, say? Oh, look, Tarantino is a slightly he yes, it, but you he could he could get it would only legacy people can say it. So so. If you've done twenty movies that did said it, and and you got Sam Jackson, and it was him saying it, and it was your collaboration with Sam Jackson, no one else, only Sam Jackson, or whatever. Yes, okay. Or, but now or, or, it is or, or, over. What, what if you're making Mississippi Burning and you, you needed no. some racists and stuff? No, well, the, no, but the thing is, like, um, there's a documentary which I really want to see about James Baldwin that said that the title's called like "I'm Not Your Negro." Mm. That's not the quote. The quote is the N word. They've changed it and made the title different. So even when, and it's got so much more punch when he's say, when it's said because he what he's you know it's obvious what he's saying you know yeah. and um, they've made the, the, I think that's a perfect example of where we're at. They're, they're like oh well no 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 we, you can't you just can't say it so let's just I'll just change it. What's the difference? You go well it's a big difference really like that word is a dreadful word and he's saying it and it's it's only got resonance because. It's that word. When you say the other thing, he's just, it's something else. It's not that. Yeah. And that, you know, so. It's historical. Yeah. But now it's like, it's so interesting that now, um, I mean, I don't know where it's going, but in the last couple of years, I mean, we've talked about this on, on the show a lot of times, like that we've had people get fired for saying Chinese words that sounded like the N word in America. Mm. We've had people, um, yeah, people go back to every every bit of video or every bit of audio you've ever done in your entire life and cut together clip shows of, of you just saying it. And and even when you it's been quoted, we've had people like um, Kendrick Lamar uh, sort yeah. of run people into traps. His fans run his fans into traps where he'll sing the song and give the mic over, hoping, well, praying yeah. that they'll say the N word, and they do. And then he then he tears them a new one. Well, this is what happened on Saturday night, but the guy didn't budge. What was Saturday night? <laughs> well, we, we <laughs> Ricky and I went to see Dave Chappelle and um, someone was singing a song and that's exactly what they did. But the person stonewalled, straight face, <laughs> just sat there, just didn't say anything. Wow. 
and and did it for minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like it was a, a couple of minutes. It, it was funny because this this song was like it was like gibberish nonsense song, yeah. which you, which you would never be able to sing anyway. But, 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 but is, then, is he doing sort of like a hardy hardy hard and giving him to to repeat yes. lines? Yeah, yeah. And but, then but, you're getting repeated. One of the funny elements was is that that it was unrepeatable except for this one little word that kind of sounded yeah. like the n word in there that was was repeatable. <laughs> But I think I think we all got it though. I think we got what yeah. he was trying to do and what the gag was. Definitely. You know? But but, but what is yeah. the gag? The the gag it's 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 all of us, everyone involved in the situation, um, doing like tiptoeing around a a hydrogen bomb. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like or dance and being asked to dance on, t- on top of it, and you mm-hmm. go, you know, is that that's the joke, isn't it? Yeah. Because it wouldn't so, be. But- well, we don't know what would have happened if he had have said it. Yeah. Like Kendrick's fan said it. He just yeah. rapped it. He was just singing the words and and he was young. Yeah. The Kendrick kid. Yeah. Just, mm. just to make it clear, this wasn't Chappelle. This is one of his one no. of his uh, support so of his, comedians. Yeah. Mm. Um what's his name? Uh Darnell what's his last name? Roland. Darnell Rollins, I think. Yeah. Rollins. And he was he was really, really funny. But I, I don't know. I got the feeling that everyone was so loose, it's particularly his stand-up show, which kind of lampooned mm. every race, you know, every race stereotype you could do. I, I, I think he would have let it slide. Straight from the 80s. Yeah. Which is interesting because because is well, we might as well talk about your show since because since it is Dave Chappelle and everything. But is there what's the deal? Is is comedy different in Australia or and in the UK? Like like what? Why is it? Because it sounds the stuff you guys said sounds like it sounds like the nineties or something where we you could just say stuff and it was funny. Well, we were not allowed to have phones, so it was I the nineties. Yeah, yeah. So they were like, well, no one's yep. recording, so Locked unless someone's got a yep. secret thing on them, uh, and you've been. What wandered and whatever, yeah, you had the wand metal all over detector. You, so I yeah. don't know how you could get yeah, get the um a phone in. And, and, yeah. and they were very strict. Like I, I had a, a, a dumb watch, so a, not a smart watch. Mm. And even that was debated uh, upon, you know, between some of the kind of security people letting us in, whether or not I had to lock that away. You know, whether I would get in trouble for that. I'm like, Fuck, imagine it's... telling people 20 years ago if you told people 20 years ago that. All of, and you say, oh yeah, I got a lot. That they'd be amazed at the phone and everything. But then you go, I got to put it in a bag and everything. And they'd say, why? Why yeah. would you have to do that? And you go, oh well, because. And they go, what? And then you've got to explain everything. Then yeah. you got to go, well, it gets recorded. And they go, so what? It's good stuff, isn't it? And you go, well, no, it gets taken out of. It destroys their careers, and then mm. so that's it for them. And it was really good though. I loved not having my phone. Yeah, it was good. Because everyone's on the same page. You're just there to fully experience it people weren't just scrolling and getting just just trying to get a good photo and stuff well anyway but back to the film perhaps uh that is that is all great stuff and uh just let let it be known i have no deep desire to say the (laughs) n-word no neither do i not really uh but what i'm Park disagrees but that's not true (laughs) no but i'm fascinated by i'm fascinated by the taboo particularly because lenny bruce made a big deal of like you know that words uh you know, uh, well, actually, if I was the New York Times, I'd have to say Lenny Bruce, who is white, I'd just scream it. Uh, you know, made a big deal of words, take, trying to take away with the power of words mm. in, that, in that way. But this movie goes uh, just to put a put a full stop. Th- there is so much N word in this movie. There's more N word in this movie than like Friday or something. Like it's it's crazy. Well, I I have a few questions. Huh? Go on. 
Is is Damon Wayans good in this? I don't know. Is 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 the accent good? Like I I know the accent is supposed to be fake. Mm. Like I get that, but it's just so bad. Yeah. No, it looks a good point. I I've I've I'm I don't mind it now. I don't mind him in this. I've always liked him. Um, and mm. I was always thought he was going to be the bigger one, you know, out of the brothers. <laughs> but um, this performance is weird and I don't mind it now. I see what you mean. It's a bizarre performance. Yeah. Uh, if it, if, if I don't, if there's any attempt that it's, it's, it's trying to be a real person or something, that's, that's a problem. Well, the, the, the worst mm. line is when he says, for the love of Mary and Joseph, when he stands up. <laughs> I hate that. In the 1840s, yes. it was a variety show in which the talent was singing, dancing, telling jokes, doing skits, like in Living Colour. Right, right, right. That was dope. Now, Mr. Dunwoody, I ask you, when was the last time there was a great variety show on the air? Carol Burnett? Carol was poor. Hee-haw? Hee-haw was uh, Keenan and Cal. Yo, that's the stupidest shit on TV, yo. So I say... Let's take this form, this very American tradition of entertainment into the 21st century, the new millennium. Okay, okay, no, no, what's the name of the show? We need something that we could sell. Man-tan, the new millennium minstrel show. Man-tan, the new millennium. I really, really like this. You, You know how I know? I'm getting a bonus. I just don't think he needed the accent, really. Um, and, and, and there's also that scene where he storms out of Dunwoody's office after he's learnt uh, of the changes to his script. And it's something, uh, you know, it's a little bit like from Major Pain, um, where he kind of, he's pissed off and he storms out. But I, I actually watched this film twice, and on the second viewing I was thinking that particular scene, like, was he really angry when he stormed out, or was he secretly happy that they'd made those changes and made it more, you know, more blackfacey or minstrelly, you know? Mm. So I was confused about that. Yeah. No. I look. I. Yeah. I don't know. I mean. I. I think it could. There's. A, there's a couple of things like that that could have been. You know. He could have. Maybe it could have been a different actor. Maybe it could have. But then again, his his accent is is big and ridiculous, and it therefore keeps us at a distance from him as well. We're not like it doesn't. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Which is maybe yeah. part of it. Am I racist if I say I kind of like the Mantan show? <laughs> I mean, it, it's way better than SNL, and that 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 part where Sleep and Eat revives Mantan with that mort- watermelon. You know, Did, didn't you like that one, AJ? <laughs> yeah, SNL is not a good yeah. show, but I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. the Mantan show. <laughs> so you'd go and you'd you'd do the blackface as well. It's yeah. in the audience. So you'd be in all, the audience. Yeah, all the audience have got it on. No, I don't think I'd do that. There was something so funny about seeing the audience members and seeing people of different races with yes. the blackface, mm. seeing the Asian girl yeah. with the blackface on and stuff. Yeah. Like, it was really quite funny. I don't know why it was funny. Yes, uh, but well, it I, it's kind of like you know with that. Uh, th- th- that scene we're talking about where the, the MC of the show is out in the audience and each person he talks to is like an old white woman, a Japanese guy, an Italian dude. They they say how they love being an N-word and it, it's kind of brought all 
people together of all different backgrounds, you know. Like <laughs> what the uh, the denigration of the black man that's brought everyone together, has it? <laughs> in a way, but there are but there but that's the thing is there are black people in the audience too that are also enjoying it. So again, I, I think this movie has a lot of layers, and and some of them are confusing. And this is, I guess, mm. one of the confusing elements is that the black people are digging it too. And I know Spike Lee; he's been very critical of certain certain films and certain TV shows that he think are, are modern minstrel shows. And I think he even makes makes a point of that in, in Dunwitty's office. He's got posters of all these amazing African-American athletes, including Michael Jordan and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Muhammad Ali, and there's a few baseball dudes as well. And and it just kind of, it made me think that, you know, he's making a, a statement about those people as well. Like, and I was thinking, you know, is the MJ dunk with his tongue out, you know, is that a minstrel legacy, you know? And what about all the, the, the mad Muhammad Ali trash talk? I mean, is that kind of a, a, an extension or a, or a legacy of minstrel show? And then, I mean, think of Dennis Rodman. I mean, the outrageous mm. stuff he would, like his hair and everything in the fashions. And like, is that, I don't know, that's it just got me thinking, like, like you kind of, you almost, I, I guess Spike Lee's kind of saying you can't escape it, like all... Modern black culture has that in its DNA or something. I don't know. So the flip side is that, you know, that the comeback would be, oh well, you know, there's there's parts of, of black culture that are that are very that are very specific, and we should we should celebrate those. You know, it could be yeah, anything from uh, you know, a um, bit of flair and 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 dancing and all that stuff. Like you know, like that, that those things have been well. You know, um, we've seen. I mean, it's 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 a very specific uh, um, arena, Hollywood, and all that. It's not necessarily. There's a whole lot of people that aren't part of that, but still, like in terms of black culture, like I would say that entertainment is black culture now. You yeah. know, in terms of the Grammys and you know, uh, with Kendrick Lamar winning that uh, the the literature prize and and all that. So if, if you know that would have been unimaginable forty years ago. Yeah, well, I think every white person in America has been influenced by African American culture. You know, the fashion, the music. Like, I mean, they, uh, you know, African Americans. That's that's their global export. You know, is is their uh, is their culture. You know, I mean, it, it, people in people in Eastern Europe are, are dressing like, you know, in in, in African American culture and stuff. You know, so it's like, mm. I mean, it's a. Uh, they have, I guess, they have a lot of power in that way culturally. That that their image mm. and their music and again, the, these, these have all got these. These have all been argued over for for decades. The other side of that is, you know, why don't we celebrate the the black business owner? Why don't we celebrate the black, the you know, the the banker, the worker, the 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 whatever? Like, why has it got to be MJ? Why has it got to? Be? I mean, look, there's a new movie coming out, AJ, directed Aww. by Ben Affleck, starring. Oh, no. Matt Damon about two uh, white boys uh, <laughs> who who came up with Air Jordan the sh- the sneaker yeah <laughs> yeah all Pike was telling me all about yeah. it I mean and the trailer yeah. for this is is outrageous it's ludicrous it is, it, it, I thought it was an SNL sketch I was like this is oh. I know I've just bagged that SNL but they do their trailers and their stuff they do outside the show is funny but uh, yeah it was just totally out, 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 over the top so that, that that's a perfect example of um, mm. telling a story of, <laughs> isn't that white saviorism isn't well there's that- not there's not a black person in it I, I think there's a there's a there's a black female character who who I, I guess is going to be 
Michael Jordan's mum. But it's right. mostly about Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, you know. It's just coming up with sweet sneaker. Fat Damon. <laughs> do we do we do, yeah. do we get to see them go to Asia to check out the factories or I doubt. <laughs> see how much it's going to cost? Yeah, them. and they just go. Oh, and they go. Mm, no, no, if you no, can pay these four children cents less. an hour, not five. Four yeah, that's cents. right. Yes, and no, you know Matt Damon <laughs> no helping them install the suicide nets yeah. over the yeah. over the uh, <laughs> factory. Floor. One day a month off, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any more questions, Ricky, or is that? Yeah, my my in-laws have some uh, African head statues in their living room. Are they racist? Oh, Uh, how rich are they? Pretty rich. (laughs) Yeah, then no. (laughs) That they are, or they're not racist. It's cultural. No, they're not racist. Oh, okay. It's only if you're like. It's if you're poor white. (laughs) Oh, is it? Yeah. If you're poor white and dressing like a wigger. Damn it! I was I was looking forward to calling them racist. Uh, how did they get away with having that shot of Bill Clinton watching the Mantan show and going, oh, this is pretty good? <laughs> how did they get away with that? I don't, it must be a satire thing, surely. Or maybe it's, it's like in the public Steinbrenner domain. Moment. Yeah, it was a bit Steinbrenner, though, wasn't it? But was it, 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 is a, it is him, though. Oh. It's an actual shot, I think, because you see him from the back and you think, oh, yeah, this is good. Yeah. Maybe it's satire. Turns. Maybe you're allowed to uh, muck around in, in that. All right. Well, my, my last question is did we need. The CGI blackhead piggy bank, because it sort of come. He's, he's uh, Damon Wayne's mm. character has this uh, this old, uh, authentic like you know minstrel blackface piggy bank, and oh, that he kind of plays with it. And it 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 name. goes by itself a few times, and that's kind of freaky. Like earlier in the film, and then and then late in the picture, it, it like moves around, but it's really like bad early early CG. CG. Yeah. I don't mind it though. I liked it. <laughs> Look, I've just, ex- memories. I've just accepted all that shitty stuff. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it is what it is. I can't change the bad CG and stuff. You know, uh, we did probably didn't need it. But then again, like this movie is a challenging movie. It, it's, it is. It's, it's, it's the, all the creative choices are challenging though, and that's why it's so striking. Like shooting it on digital because he wanted to do, I guess, multiple angles at once, and um. Yeah, there's there's weird CG in it. He does these double takes where people repeat lines yeah, more than that's once. Weird. Yeah, and there's there's all sorts of stuff that's crazy. D- does he do that because he he wants us to remember those lines like they're they're like key key moments or something? Emphasize. Yeah, it's emphasize. It's, it's it's like music. He's just it's just it, he's just creates. Double beat. Yeah, in the edit, he's just made it like the movie is like this is is mo- loops like music. Length, length, length. Did we think the length was a problem? Two hours? You think long. that's too much? Bit long. Bit long. Two hours. And well, uh, my yeah. wife, my wife gave it to the movie two thumbs down and said it was boring. She didn't watch the whole thing though. Racist. Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think so. If she if she wasn't a minority herself, I know I she's got. To. She does have um, that kind of <laughs> that pass. She's got the free pass there. She's got the Latinx. <laughs> She she is got the she is Latinx, but um she but she's light skinned Latinx, so I don't know like maybe <laughs> that's maybe that's not good enough. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I um I really like the guy singing the smackin' my hose song. Ah, uh, I be smackin' my hose. <laughs> I be smackin' my hose. And at the end, he goes, "Thank you." You know, <laughs> he finishes. <laughs> Everyone knows it goes. Kick him to the floor, step on them hard, step on them hard, kick him to the floor, cause I 
be smacking my hoes. I be smacking my hoes. I be smacking my hoes. Thank you. Next. I love a good audition scene. So we get to see all these people doing these terrible auditions. You can see yes. Roots and see Most Def and the Mau Mau's. But that guy is, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's an archetype, isn't it? The, mm. the sort of the valorization of, of pimp culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it also reminds me a little bit of in Coming to America when, he, when she sings My Queen, where that guy sings uh, She's Your Queen to Be. <laughs> oh, oh, love. Oh, my throat, queen I can't do it. To be. <laughs> yes. Yeah, great stuff. Now it gets into your head, smoking mm-hmm. your eyes. Yeah. One, one, one last thing that I, bugged me a little bit was that I know this is supposed to, supposed to be a lot like uh, the Mel Brooks film or stage play, The Producers. Uh, and I think it is, but I think it would be a bit more if if the character Pierre spoke more about how the show would get him fired. Like he mentions it once, and then he kind of never mentions it again. Like, mm. yeah, there's, they don't hammer that home. And and I think I think that kind of should have, you know, because it wasn't really till the second viewing where I'm like, oh yeah, so this is like the producers because he's trying to get fired. It's a soft reference. It's he could have gone. Look, there's, the, the movie's got a few references in it, and, and which are nice. So. That one, he he seems to mention that one, the producer's one. Or uh, as you say, though, it's quite soft. He doesn't really hammer it. It's the stakes aren't really there. Is he going to get fired? Like, like Michael Rappaport should have said in that, or Dunwoody should have said early on, if you don't bring in these numbers, yeah. you are fired. And then he this should is have the last done chance. it. Yeah, last chance. He should have done it in desperation, and then he should have been more shocked when when it was a big hit. But he wasn't mm. really that shocked. So I think that's part of it. But but the bigger reference is Network, which is. You know, I'll say it. That's a ten. That's a perfect ten movie. That's that's. I've got a couple of films which are, which are equal greatest of all time movies, and and Network is the greatest movie, one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, absolutely, ten out of ten. H- hard Body is a close second. Well, Hard Body yeah. has a lot going for it, and I feel very good when I watch it. So Where we started the beginning. So yeah, that's a good reminder actually. Anyway, so yeah, lots of network in there, but a lot of um. There's another movie which is The Great Court Ace in the Hole uh, by uh, Billy Wilder. This that's sort of a little bit of that in there too. So I don't know, like it's it's it, it's a tradition. This kind of uh, black comedy, uh, um, this satire, this type of of hard edge satire. So because the Mau Mau's that comes from, that's a real network in network. There's a there's a group of leftists. Uh, who uh, who perform the same function in that, and so there's a lot of this movies taken. But I, I totally agree with you that the producers' references are they're there, they're nice, but they're they're not. He he doesn't he doesn't go with it like he should. I mean, you're doing it. You might as well do it. Because I, I I think it would have helped it it at the box office. I think a lot of stuff would have helped it more. Because like I think they, ma- I think mainstream people would could could have latched onto that, you know. No, what they wanted was Denzel. Yeah. yeah. What they wanted was, as he said in one of the interviews, he's like they they said if you get if you get Will Smith and Leo in it, then then now we're talking. Whereas he he's obviously gone no, and this is a really edgy script. They they don't make well they don't make anything for ten million dollars, twelve twenty fifty seventy. If it's under seventy. It ain't getting made. You know what I mean? Like now you only make a movie for thirty thousand dollars or five hundred five hundred million dollars or a billion dollars. Like that yeah. that's that, that you, you don't there's nothing in between. So this comes from that era that got all the films we we I we seem to like come from that 
American beauty budget, you know, under sub, you know, 10 million or thereabouts. And that, that's what this is. And it's a dangerous script. Um, it's got no stars in it. It's shot on digital. It's got, it's a downer. Like, yeah. And actually, it's a year after American Beauty. So, it's a downer just like that. But, it, but American Beauty is shot on film. Uh, it's Kevin Spacey. It was, I didn't know that that was low budget. Well, yeah, comparatively, yeah, absolutely. So, so all, of our, all of the movies that we used to love and all the ones that used to win Oscars as well were, you know, sub 70 million. So, you could make one for, yeah, it could be anything from, from 12 or whatever on the lower end, but then it would be 30 million or something. And, then, and, 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 and you could really get something, you know, uh, uh, special like Jarhead or something like that. You know? was, was Damon Wayans not a big, big thing in 2000? Not really. He'd had his moment. He'd had his moment. Like, like if this was if this was mid nineties when he was re- he was kicking off. Yeah, he would have. He would have. He would have done this. Like, this is where obviously where he wanted critical acclaim. So he's gone for a dangerous, you know, a Spike Lee movie. I mean, you've got to do a Spike Lee movie, but still, it's a you know, um, a, a, he uh, if when he was doing Mo Money and um, <laughs> you know, like I feel like Bulletproof was about when he started to turn when it was like because that was a bomb and then he did all these bombs after that. But but Major Pain, you know, was, Blank Man was what. 98? 90, yeah, 96, 97-ish. Yeah. Yeah. But early 90s, he was in mm. a different space. This was, he was over at this point. His yeah. bros were taken over. A scary movie had just come out and, it, and that yeah. killed. Yeah. That killed. Everyone was just... I mean, that went, that went crazy. Okay, all right, AJ, let's keep it real creeper. Here we go, let's keep it short tonight. Uh, we we're just talking about Damon Wayne, so let's talk about Damon Wayne's as Pierre. Peerless Dothan is his real name, Delacroix. So, yeah, that's probably the first thing, is that I don't know if you've ever been with a man with who's changed his name. Oh. So, Pierre nice. Delacroix is what he is now. It makes me think of Remy Lacroix. Yeah, which is a different. Mm. It's a different thing. It's a different conversation, Ricky. <laughs> it's different after the show. After the show. After the show. Uh, but he. But he's changed it from Peerless Dothan. So I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, he's cha- he's got a weird name, but he had a weird name. So mm. or I don't know. So anyway, he's bald, he but decided bald. So he's you know he's great shaving. head shape. Yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. great head shape. So he's decided to do it. It wasn't, you know, something that's been forced upon him necessarily. Quite refined, mm. Harvard educated, uh, you know, clever. I, I actually think he's really clever and ingenious mm. and, and, and resourceful and driven, ambitious, all that good stuff. Sweet apartment. Yeah. Like good really, apartment. really nice. Um, big clock tower uh, sort of uh, glass window looking out, which is just very nice. Mm. Massively successful in TV. Now I don't know if this is a big deal for you, but race trader. Yeah, he's a race trader. So <laughs> that I mean, look, maybe that doesn't bother you. I don't know. Is that what they call a coconut? <laughs> look, I, mean, I don't. I don't, uh, I don't put any labels on it. I just, <laughs> I'm just report. I'm a reporter, and you can say what you like. All right. So put him aside for a second. Next up, we have most deaf. As I picked uh, someone with different energy, uh, Julius. Uh, big black Africa Hopkins. Yeah. Now, quite loose. Again, another guy's changed his name. So both of our guys have changed their name. His name was Julius. 
Julius Hopkins. Mm. Now he's Big Black Africa. And the black, it's no C, it's just a K. So Big Black Africa. <laughs> That's right. All right. Um, there's a bit more punch, I think, in that. Uh, but mm. he got, I think he just goes about Big Black Af sometimes. Dope MC. Okay. So totally great. It's, he can spit in that mic like you ain't yeah. you just i mean nobody's business he's great all right um quite political though mm. so i mean that that's i mean with with peerless he's going to be talking about tv and stuff you know mm. but that's true but big black africa is i feel like you know, you've got to be in, have a passing interest in politics, is what I'm saying. Well, he he's gonna hate fuck me as yeah. a white woman. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. No, he might. So I'm just saying yeah. that's on the cards and yeah. very political. But anyway, and just one last thing, he's he is thinking of getting a little bit more seriously involved with that side mm. of his life. So he's, if you came in for just the hanging out at the studio and. That's true. You know, having a fatty. Times. Yeah, having a fatty yeah. and the, having some, you know, cavassier or whatever. But mm. I feel he's, he's, he's going to take, take it to the next level and you take that how you, how you want. So that's our options. <laughs> We've got uh, Pierre Delacroix and uh, Julius Big Black Africa Hopkins. What are, what are we thinking? Okay. So Pierre to La Femme. Really? Too. Too, really? too much. Okay. Too. Feminine energy. Yeah, which is surprising because Wayne's doesn't usually bring that energy. Right. I wouldn't usually say that. But, yeah, maybe too posh, maybe, I don't know, just not feeling his vibe. Yeah. Okay. Um, too educated. Creeper. Def, most deaf. Oh. Did, did you mention he was a killer? Like he kills. Oh. Man time. So, no. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Look, in my 20s, <laughs> oh. definitely would have been a keeper. Hate okay. fuck or not. But you don't, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> don't, who cares? <laughs> it's Moz Def. Who cares? <laughs> it was intense. I liked it. Passionate. Okay. Yeah. So it's keeper. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa! Oh, a keeper! <laughs> Which is fucked up that he's a killer. That, yeah, he, he that... definitely... Is, wouldn't be into a white woman in this wow. movie. <laughs> That's that is wonderful. <laughs> and I was really thinking that you weren't going to suggest him tonight. What a way so. to celebrate Black History Month! <laughs> yes, with a keeper. Okay, with our with with our first black keeper. And you know? he's probably going to be one of those successful black men that take a white woman and just get heat for it all the time. You know, from all the the, the female black community. You know, yeah. There's white women taking out black men, whatever. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know because he's he's pretty into it, I think. Yeah. So I think only kind of poses do that. He's killing for the cause. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. That's great, AJ. You made my day. Uh, very surprising. <laughs> you made mine. I love that. I love that it took a bit of danger, a bit of just an MC yeah. with a bit of danger. That's and he that was it. You know. Both That's, bold. Both. Yeah, it's most of got hair. What is he? Not. No. no. He's always wearing something on his head. In he's the, wearing a hat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's got sort of. He was a good brother. He 
was a good brother. He has mu- he was a good brother. Yeah, yeah. He's got got mutton chops as well, doesn't he? Mm. The big the beard yeah. comes Where'd down the side. Where'd you get him? Won't you put me wide? Don't you die, man? Pay to advertise. Tell him about it. Where did you get the dime? Mm, very good. Should we do some trivia? <laughs> Go on. So Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin was supposed to appear in this film as himself, but didn't show up on the day of filming. So Lee had to call uh, Matthew Modine to quickly take Baldwin's place. Oh. So I don't know what's going on there. Maybe he got a whiff of of you know the minstrel show in this in this film. Maybe Spike didn't tell him exactly what he was in for or something. I don't know. Just, I think Alec uh, should have, you know, been more of a straight shooter and and let him know that he wasn't coming. Mm. Mm. True. Uh, the two award ceremony scenes are parodies of two real award recipients whom Spike Lee has publicly criticised. So can anyone name the first one? Jamie Foxx. So it's Cuba Gooding Jr.'s oh. uh, his Oscar win for... Uh, fuck, what's Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire, where he's yelling, show me the money, blah, blah, blah. Yes. So that's kind of a dig at, a dig at him there. Uh, and the second one was when uh, Pierre becomes teary-eyed uh, near Matthew uh, Modine. And mm. does any, do you know what what that one's from? But he gives him the award. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, that, God. that that is that is um, a shot at Ving Rames and the, his Golden Globe victory, in which he gave a teary-eyed kudos to Jack Lemmon. I knew Jack. Le- I was I was thinking Jack oh. Lemmon. I remember that. No, I thought it was. I thought it was sweet. Fuck you, Spike Lee. For grumpy old men. <laughs> well, I think he was just, you know, just wanting to give it up to Jack Lemon. Yeah, because Jack, Jack would have given him the award on the night, had been mm. as the right. presenter, and that he would have kind of uh, gushed, gushed all over oh. him. Mm. Move over, Danny Morgan, Samuel L. Out of my way, Eddie and Wesley. Make room for me, Will Smith. Here comes Delacroix. Show me the money. Best new situation. Show me the money. Pierre Delacroix for Mantan, New Millennium Minstrel Show. So we mentioned this already that the Alabama Porch Monkeys, the band that plays on the Mantan's New Millennium Minstrel Show, (laughs) is played by The Roots. So uh, they're from Philadelphia. Uh, they're also the house band on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, my God. Mm. So I don't know how I feel about so, that. So, I, I'm yeah. not a fan. Is that, is that a thing? Is that something? Are they, are yeah. they yeah, selling out? Selling Cause, out, Because yeah. shouldn't they be the show? That's right, yeah. They're they fucking should, wicked. Yeah. They are they're wicked, fucking yeah. wicked. Shouldn't they be the show? What the and fuck they've are been they doing? His, they've been on it for a long time. I feel like they're they have, leaving yeah. soon. Or something. Are they? Really? Aren't they? I'm not sure. Or he's leaving soon? No, no maybe not. Well, anyway, um, yeah, that's mm. that's terrible. Well, my last uh, piece of trivia here. At the end of the film, when the hip-hop crew were killed in a shootout with police, the only survivor was the only white member of the group, and it was based on a real-life California incident in the early 90s. There was a Californian street gang uh, in a shootout with police, and the only two white gang members are the only two people who survived. So. This movie's brilliant. It's so brilliant. It's so layered. I just feel like people aren't paying attention. There's so much in this movie that is is just great like that, you know? I mean, that's perfect. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, why not? Great. Love it. All right. It's time for our Me Too meter. Uh. 
We begin with the uh, uh, heavens to Bechtel, the Bechtel test. It's only short tonight because, you know, it's mainly race stuff, so it's, it's you know, a bit different. But uh, it be, be the Bechtel test, uh, it's an informal way to evaluate bias against women in films and other media. A worker is said to pass the Bechtel test if it has uh, two named women who talk to each other about something other than a man. Uh, this movie fails. Sloan <laughs> <Straight up. laughs> does not talk to another female. <laughs> That's true. So I feel like that is yeah. <laughs> the the only the only females in oh there's the no she does she talks to the PR person the the one oh, the, at, white yeah. at the boardroom yeah mm. oh, okay yeah yeah where she said I've got a PhD from Harvard in black studies oh yes yes oh yeah they're sort of sniping at each other about the show yeah. well yeah it's a it's a it's a so definitely line. not girl boss moments no together. it's not a girl boss moment and also it's the sisters <laughs> it's high fives. i feel like if it's if it's women doing what they do in real life which is undercutting each other at work and arguing and stuff mm. that that the, that definitely is an automatic fail i would imagine yeah definitely because they've got to be i don't know doing some other stuff um Scissoring. The Handmaiden is what I was thinking. (laughs) Great movie. Great movie. So uh, the attitude of this uh, so-called satire uh, towards LGBT uh, folks is laid bare during one of the performances. Womack takes uh, a position behind Mantan and he says, Boy, you lucky we ain't in the jailhouse. I'd be like Captain Kirk of the Enterprise going into the big black hole. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's that uh, He also says Cousins First, second, third and distant Why don't you let Mantan take you back to a simpler time Let me take you back to a simpler time A time when uh, men was men And women were women And niggers knew their place What I took out of this exchange Is that Spike Lee is a transphobic bigot On a mission to erase trans women Okay, <laughs> that is a troubling quote that I think someone should clip and play for. We'll just put it on TikTok and ruin him. So Sloane, played by Jada Pinkett Smith, is the only serious role given to a woman in this entire movie. She's intelligent, capable, and hardworking, and is being kept down by the patriarchy, as you'd expect. Uh, towards the end of the film, there is a suggestion made that Sloane got her job by having sex with Pierre. Spike Lee sits atop the moral high ground and then has the gall to say that only uh, uh, the only way women can get ahead is through sexual favours, okay? He doesn't care about the empowerment of women. You know what? You want to know what's empowering? I read the following from Wiki and this is, you just stay with me here, okay? This is, oh, em- this is, this is empowering. <laughs> In June 2020, singer and rapper August Alsina, a friend of Pinkett, Jada Pinkett Smith's uh, son, Jaden, said that he and Pinkett Smith had been involved in an adulterous affair in 2016 when he was 23 years old and she was 44. He also claimed that the affair happened with Will Smith's permission. A spokesman for Pinkett Smith denied the claims, saying they were, quote, absolutely not true. On July 10th, during an episode of Red Table Talk featuring her husband, Pinkett Smith confirmed an entanglement with Alcina during their separation, although not with his permission. Pinkett Smith said that Alcina misconstrued it as permission because she and her husband were separated amicably. 
She eventually got back with her husband after breaking off the relationship with Olsina and stated that she has not spoken to him since. After Pinkett Smith's use of the word entanglement went viral on the internet, Alcina released a collaboration titled Entanglements with rapper Rick Ross uh, on July 19, 2020, singing lines such as, quote, The definition of entanglement is when you get tangled in the sheets and you left your man just to fuck with me and break his heart. In 2021, Will Smith stated that Pinkett Smith never believed in conventional marriage and that both of them have had sexual relationships outside their marriage. That's empowerment. Because <laughs> okay. they look both look so happy. Oh, that, that red table thing is so painful to watch. Oh. Like. It's like an interview show of Jada's or something, and she's interviewing Will Smith, and he looks absolutely destroyed. Yeah. Like, he's got that kind of welling up behind the eyes that happens when... Yeah you are confronted with the worst day of your life. Mm. You know what I mean? Like she's just saying, I mean, it's dreadful to watch. Yeah. yeah. She's you saying the why. maddest shit. Yeah. And they've chosen to do this in front of everyone. Crazy. Yeah. Mm. Crazy. Like you've got cash, you've got everything, like all these people being exploited, like all choosing to go on reality TV or whatever that mm. do this and they – want something out of it you've got everything and not to make it's excuses for him but but the, you know it's it's when, it's when you see all that stuff that you go you you know you don't have to approve of him slapping Chris Rock because it's dreadful of course not uh, but at the same time I understand why he got up I understand like he he di- it didn't matter who was on stage really mm. didn't matter who no. was saying whatever he is, was so turned around and such a mess that he thought this is my moment this is I can get it all back. I can do it, you know. And 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 then he after just... a look she gave him too. Yeah. Who yeah. knows if that would ha- would have happened? If she well, I guess hadn't... he, uh, in a way, he had to prove his manhood again because it's been Definitely. taken away from him. You know. Now I know that Jada has kind of taken over the Me Too meter tonight, but I ha- can I just play you this one last thing? <laughs> just this, just this. It's just this one last thing. I just I just think it's just a couple of minutes, but but it's 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 very pertinent. This stuff doesn't get talked about. You think about it. You can become one of the biggest stars in Hollywood, squeaky clean image. Women love you around the world, and this is what's going on in your house. Your wife is in love with a dead man. Oh, you th- we all heard about August Alcina. You've also heard the rumor about Will Smith walking in on Jada and Mark Anthony, that's alleged, apparently. I don't know if it's been confirmed yet, but it's still the rumor's still out there. But at the end of the day, no one in the, no one sits around and says Will Smith is running that relationship, or he's a happy man. And if you think it just extends just between him and his wife, oh, you are sadly mistaken. You are sadly mistaken. One of the few outs when you are a man, when you get with a you get with a woman, and we're going to talk about how narcissistic tendencies can impact another person. If you deal with someone with narcissistic tendencies, they make you feel like you're crazy. I've been in this position before. I know people who've been in this position before. And that's why I could see what was going on. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, narcissistic tendencies. Because narcissists, Narcissists have a way of crafting reality 
and their victims, the person they're involved with, can believe it so much that you feel like you deserve it. So much to where you feel like that you got to continue to prove yourself over and over and he can never be Tupac. Well, Kevin, you're over-exaggerating this Tupac thing. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Dear, dear Tupac, I know you are alive someplace. I think my mommy really misses you. Can you please come back? Can you come back so me and my mommy can be happy? I wish you were here. I really do. Willow. What? <laughs> Willow. Tupac got killed in what, 95, 96? Willow never met Tupac. Why is this little girl writing a letter to Tupac? Why is Will Smith's daughter writing a letter to Tupac? What is being said in that house to get this little girl not writing Santa Claus, not writing the Easter Bunny, writing Tupac? Can you come back so me and my mom, so my mama and we can be happy? Tupac? Fam. Do y'all understand why Will is <laughs> So that's one of my favorite Kevin clips. <laughs> and I think that says everything that needs to be said about the situation. Kevin Samuels, may he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Right. Do, you know, do you know she was with Tupac? Yeah. And that she came up with the, it said in, uh, that she came, allegedly came up with the idea for the California love film clip or something. Oh. Which I thought was interesting. Great film clip. There you go. So Jada's, she's got a good eye, I guess. So anyway, uh, that's a the the basic Me Too meter. Uh, anything else, Jumper, from the, the movie? I mean, at the end of the day, there were no LGBT folks in this movie. Um, it was derisive of gay people, uh, you know, with those little comments. Uh, women, there's no boss bitches. The fact that it, it's 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 just these men, just men, men's business. Mm. You know, I mean, maybe. Maybe Whoopi's right. The Holocaust is just is just white people fighting white people. Maybe this is just men, like men, you know, mucking around with men. Maybe it's the same shit. <laughs> Maybe you'd say that about a different movie, but because of that, it's just about race. That eat that up still, because yeah. all race. Mm. So maybe if you're talking about Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Oh, yeah. That's just all men. It's just men. Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck all that. And you go, well, there's yeah, some other what? stuff going on in there. Yeah. Nah, fuck it. Fuck him. You just yeah. talk about closing all the time. Yeah. What is closing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway. I, I don't think it's a full 10. No. Nah. I think it's, um, as, as you know, it really? can never be zero. <laughs> It can never be zero. So never be I, zero. I'm going to give it... Because there are no... There's only one female character and she oh. talks mostly about the show. It is suggested that she had sex. To, we kind of believe that she had sex oh. to get her job, though. Yes. Well, because she had sex with him. Yeah. yeah. So whether... Yeah. We don't yeah. know, but... You know, when? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no doubt it would have influenced uh, his decision Definitely. to hire her. Definitely. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I'm going to give it a six. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, could, I could get in on that. Five, six. Yeah. Yep. Sure. That's good. Yeah. Yep. I didn't hate her in this movie though, so that's a win. I have a soft spot for Jada Pinkett Smith. 
Oh. I, I think she's hot in this movie. And do you mm. know what? And I don't know whether this is racist or not. If it is, I, I don't know. But <laughs> do you know when she's hottest? When she's being a bit straight. Mm. I, find, I don't know what that is. When she's being a bit straight in this with her brother and stuff, I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Give me that's, more of that. That's you fetishizing of black women. That's right. That's I, <laughs> I think so. black woman. I think so. I think it's hot. And she I is not know. just a fetish for your sick <laughs> pleasure, okay? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. Next, we move on to the boobometer. <laughs> yeah, so the boobometer, uh, well, AJ, to, to, well, actually, wait. <laughs> Quantity, it's, we've only got glimpses in the Da Bomb commercial, really. Mm, that's but it's mainly about buns. Mm. So, I feel this is this is a this is a total bust. We got nothing. <laughs> nothing. The only glimpse we sort of get there's an Asian girl at the table in one scene, and and there's a bit it's a bit nippy in there. But apart from that, absolute <laughs> failure. So I don't know. I'm bereft. I'm bereft. <laughs> you know, I learned a lot, but I learned nothing about the boob, and that is a sad day. Uh-huh. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Well, I'll hit you with some reviews now to finish up. Um, among those who gave it positive reviews uh, were CNN correspondent Dennis Michael, who compared the film fav- favorably to Mel Brooks' The Producers and praised Glover's performance in the lead role as Mantan. Uh, Kenneth Turan of the Los Angeles Times described the film as savage, abrasive, audacious and confrontational and the work of a master provocateur. Stephen Holden of the New York Times described the film as an almost oxymoronic entity, an important Hollywood movie. Uh, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times was not a fan. He gave the film two stars out of a possible four, writing that the film was perplexing, raising important issues, but handling them poorly. The film is a satirical attack on the way TV uses and misuses African-American images, but many viewers will leave the theater thinking Lee has misused them himself. And this from the Rolling Stone review of the Criterion release... Um, by David Fear, uh, bamboozled, talks much trash and throws a lot of caricaturish, over-the-top stuff at you in its first act. Some of it inspires eye-rolling as its obvious targets get pincushioned. Other bits uh, have you laughing despite your better angels and instincts. Uh, he goes on to say, a history lesson on decades of screen misrepresentation, a look back in anger, but also profound sorrow, a flawed and sometimes f- uh, flailing takedown uh, that becomes more effective the more times you see it. At the turn of the century, it seemed like a crude attempt at sketch comedy. 20 years later, the movie feels like a forgotten gem in Spike's career, one whose spit polish and a reappraisal comes at the exact right moment. Uh, David Fear ends his review by saying, the really scary thing is that 20 years on, Bamboozled feels incredibly contemporary. It doesn't look so extreme after all. And when you consider the content of this film, that's very, a very troubling thing. Yes. Well, I've, I think this movie is amazing. I, I, I've totally... I liked it before. I love it now. And I think it's, um, I think it's important and, yeah, and courageous. And, and it's always the failures that, that end up you know, over time you go, oh, wow, that's sort of better than some of his high-profile movies, really, mm-hmm. I think. Is it, has it inspired you to dust off those uh, tap shoes? 
maybe. You know, I love tap, and I, I, that was that was a big in for me with this movie. I was like, oh yes, give me more of that. <laughs> give me more of that mantan tap. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, that is bamboozled. That was good. Uh, we're gonna roll. We're gonna roll on with Spike because you know I, I just think we should focus. All right. So now I do want to do. He got game, but I feel like we should we should break it up. He did an interesting movie in 1996 called Girl Six, which I think could be you know help us get back on brand just for the middle part. All right. So trying to make it in act in in, in an acting in the acting world, a young black woman resorts to working as a phone sex operator to pay the yes. bills. Yes. So we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do girl sex because, you know, I just remember I think the first forty minutes of tonight's episode it was it, it was um like sight and sound like it was something like like yeah it was yeah it was the Criterion Collection and people want they want the boobometer. And they I want, want the boobometer. I yeah. want the light and fluffy. I know. And the sex and worker lines. I know. Well, we're going to do all of that. And you, you know that here on Sober Cinema, it is a constant battle. Like, you know, I want it to be I, like, every, it, it's, it's, a, it's, I don't, it's hard to explain. I'm pulled hither and thither. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sort of like, I want the boobs. And then I go, no, I hate them. I want dancing. I don't want to weep in from my soul. No, I hate that. I want, I, I don't know what I want, you know? So and we're just here on the ride. Yeah. So I haven't seen most of the movies. <laughs> Well, that's why we're going to watch Girl 6, 1996, next week. And until then, uh, as for tonight, we said what we said. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I stand by everything I said. I think so. It's always a bit of worry, isn't it? Mm. Every week. Every week. Uh, <laughs> particularly in Black History Month. It's uh, definitely. Bad. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, until next time, long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. Always keep them laughing. <laughs> new edition. <laughs> I like it.